Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Going for the Green Daily Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Colin Drew, uh, coming off of you know just watching watching Spieth out there. He's he's got the he's he's firing. He's you know shooting sixty threes and stuff. Uh, so that's you know that's always fun. We always love to see Jordan playing good golf, even if noted data golf hero jason kokrak ended up winning the event i mean that is very funny to know that spieth was seven under on thursday and shoots three over in the final round and ends up losing to losing to coke i mean that's amazing you can't write it better than that it's definitely tough and then data golf put out like a hit piece on spieth as like a sunday choker performing like a stroke below his baselines and stuff on Sundays when he's inside the top five, which is like the most, you know, like they don't buy into the narrative stuff at all, but that's just the most, the most narrative thing ever. So I had a lot of speed last week. I mean, he was the top player in the projections. He definitely pulled it out the speed way. Like it was all short game. Um, so not the, the good ball striking we had seen, especially on Sunday that we had seen, you know, the past six or so events, but Tough course this week, tough field. Uh, I get as excited for the Memorial as I do a lot of the major championships. To me, it's like right up there with the the players as far as the quality of the course and the type of DFS event it sets up as. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. Uh, they played an event twice here last year. Uh, winning score of the workday was minus 19, and then they, they did the Memorial there as well, and they set it up much more difficult. And I, my, winning score was minus 9. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So Morikawa won the workday. Uh, John Rahm won the memorial. Um, and it was interesting. It just shows like how much, yeah, the conditions just length of the rough and how much the they can change uh, a course between a couple events. And um, they also this year in the offseason did a bunch of renovations to the course. So it actually just opened up two weeks ago to members, I think. And yeah, golf, golf Twitter is tilting there. Oh. Like PGA DFS Twitter is tilting because they don't know how to do their their course fit course history stuff. To, I mean, to be honest, it seems like like it's always been a one of the tougher events. And I think Jack just wants to like keep it that way and doesn't want bryson to be able to gimmick his way around and like that's, you know that's got to be his biggest motivation is i bet he hates bryson i bet he <laughs> hates him and i bet the idea of him like playing a ball over trees into the wrong fairway and then back up to a green i bet it just like causes him oh, to like sure. have seizures yeah like he just can't he cannot deal um what what do we, what do we have for distance here um, I don't have the final numbers in front of me. I was just going through like the holes and, you know, they basically either strategically repositioned, you know, water or bunkers um, into some spots where, you know, longer players will have to make a decision on whether or not to take them on. Uh, they also narrowed the fairways a little bit lengthened some of the holes. Um, so for the most part, it's not like it's turning into a bombers course by any means, but they're just doing what they can to make it more difficult. And, I think this has been the type of course it's been like a second shot course, but it's been the type of course that any player on tour can win if they're playing really well. And I think that's what Jack wants to do is keep it that type of course doesn't ever want it to be something where you can just overpower it. And so, yeah, I think we're going to see it play similar to the memorials of the past, just a little bit tougher. And, you know, that that's going to mean all around, you're going to need really good game, but definitely a slight emphasis on approach play. Um, compared to like the average tour course yeah so 7,392 yards but a par 72 so a 7,400 yard par 72 that I mean that completely lends credence to the idea that it's about playing strategically you know missing in the right spots 
you know, probably, probably I would imagine that strokes gained approach is going to end up over indexing a ton here because my, my get, and, you know, I mean, if Nelson's listening to this, he's like, you know, strokes gained approach is garbage and it's, it's the worst strokes gained bucket. But my sense would be that whoever wins this week, they're just going to be playing from like 120 in perfectly. Like they're just going to be setting up a bunch of putts where other guys would be missing rolling off yeah. you know dunking in the water whatever. yeah i don't have all the buckets right in front of me but i i don't think it's quite as much of a wedge fest um as that like i think you're gonna be seeing more shots from like 150 yards or greater um just with the way that things are set up but i mean even last year with the way that it was set up then there were in the harder version that rom one there was only 10 guys who broke par nine guys it looks like so um for DFS, that definitely means obviously finish points are always important, but it, it means they're more important now than they are the average week. Like, you know, stars and scrubs builds can get there. Like you could definitely cash lineups with four or six guys through the cut. If you get two guys who are inside the top five. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and dive into it. Our guys above $10,000. I mean, super strong field. Oh, and I guess one thing for strategy to keep in mind, 120 golfers, right? So there just is a little bit, you know, you don't have your, your random AMs, you know, yeah, pulling up like it's, tournament. yeah. So it's just, it's just, uh, it's just, you know, whatever for strategy purposes. Uh, so a very odd ownership distribution. We have Jordan Spieth, 11.3, Rom 11.1, Bryson, 10.9, Rory, 10.6. First time in my memory, I can remember Rory having a negative, uh, like value quotient or whatever on from, from data golf. I thought that was interesting. Morikawa 10.4, Justin Thomas 10.2. What's bizarre though, is none of these guys are projected above 20%. And three of these guys are projected single digit, right? Now that I'm sure there will be a revision, but to not have one of the most expensive guys be like stone chalk is a little bizarre. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different than what we've been seeing. Um, obviously, value drives a lot of things. The prices of guys in outright markets drives a lot of things. And, you know, data golf themselves can drive ownership as well. So, you know, you see negative values, you you see single-digit ownership a lot of the times. And yeah. that's what you're seeing this week. I would say, like, they have course fit baked into the projections, and there has been this renovation. And right now, the course fit is big time driving accuracy course, like driving distance, getting a pretty negative penalty, driving accuracy, getting a substantial boost. And so that's why a lot of these top end players are projecting worse than they normally do, like Bryson, Rory, notably, um, and then Spieth a bit as well. So, you know, Spieth not necessarily being penalized for losing driving distance, but the accuracy can be an issue for him at times. And I think that's what's happening at the top end this week, like right, wrong or indifferent, you know, that's what's, what's going on. And um, it does create single digit ownership on some of these guys. It pushes some of the, um, the chalk down towards like the balanced golfer range, because we do have a pretty deep field I'd say this week. Yeah. I mean, there are loads of guys at 7,000 who I've played at, uh, at like 8,500 before for sure, which yeah, uh, I mean, maybe says more about my game, but like all, uh, just all the way through the down through the like nine K right. You've got like Finau and Cantlin and Decky and stuff like that. So um, you know, Xander is in the nine Ks. So there's, there's a lot of quality golfers. And I mean, you see that in the majors, usually maybe one guy up top grabs some ownership, but a lot of times the most expensive guy is not cracking like 10 to 12%. Whereas this week, maybe that's like eight or 9%. 
Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, out of out of these dudes, Spieth, Rom, Bryson, Rory, Morikawa, JT, I mean, I look, Rory flips over at 8%. I, I mean, I have no, I have no choice, but to, but to jam. I mean, last time Rory was 8% owned, he, he won the, the tournament. So I, I, yeah. I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, if, if you're going to be like, who does Jack want to create a course for is like the prototypical PGA tour player. I wouldn't be shocked if it was Rory. So it is, that is funny that like, I feel like Rory gets the most respect from the old dudes. Like I, I feel like they view him as like, like a you know a guy who respects the game and does yeah. it the right way or whatever where like they probably all hate jordan they're like i, I don't want to be around jordan and then obviously they all hate bryson too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i mean bryson um probably the least interesting this week just doesn't seem like the the best course for him and uh, i i don't think that there's necessarily a way that he can like create something that's not there so uh, i'm the least interested in bryson out of the top end think Rory being uh, down in price, down in projected ownership, and still has a, a decent projection is for sure compelling. Um, and then, I mean, Rom is, uh, he's pretty hard for me to figure out. I'd say like long-term, I feel the most comfortable with him. It usually you feel like you have a strong floor play with Rom while also having access to a ceiling. He hasn't been quite as good since the Masters. I don't know if that's adjusting to to fatherhood or if it's just like a run of short-term variance but um i'm probably slightly like i'm, I'm slightly less high on rom than the than our baselines at least like i don't consider him clearly the top player in the field um i would put him kind of closer like maybe still ahead of jt but just by like a point and that puts him kind of right next to speed as well yeah. I mean, I just, I never know what to do with Rom because my opinion of him has never lined up with that at golf. So I've never considered Rom to be as good as they do. I think he clearly is behind. Uh, no, I do think he probably is better than JT, but I think he's, he's pretty clear. Like to me, it's, it's Dustin, Rory and Bryson. And those guys have the best high end finishes and the best high end ability at golfing and and data golf says you're wrong Rom yeah i think the, it's the, for sure tough i mean rom's like backdoored the like the masters multiple times where he's and, and that's he's even what said, it is yeah like he's like i was never in this tournament but yeah it's nice to get paid and finish fifth or whatever but i was never in this tournament so you know i'm walking away a little disappointed from it um whereas yeah bryson's definitely binked more and Rom has definitely put in like the consistent high end finishes and is that variance or is he eventually going to rattle off a streak here? Yeah. And then I also, I also, I mean, I, I'm sure the market disagrees with me on this, but I don't view Morikawa being in this group yet either. Like I, you know, long-term skill wise, like I, I feel like he just has so many rough edges left to his game. A little, well, the, the, well, this course I think is specifically like, I don't think, yeah. If you look at Morikawa, you know, every event this year, I'd say for the most part, Data Golf's been behind the market on him. And now they have him as one of the favorites. And it's not necessarily just because he's been playing well. It's it's everything about him, like the less important driving distance, more important driving accuracy, the second shot. Like he's the best player on tour at approach. And um, I think that's why people are going to be so high on him this week is um, it's the right course for him. It's the course where making a par uh, because you hit your approach shot to a good area of the green can keep you in contention versus like having to get hot with the putter, which is the the area where he struggled the most. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. So what's interesting, I guess about this week is, is 
chalk is all in the next range. Hovland, Xander, Cantlay, Hideki, Connors, Finau, Reed. I mean, the, like Finau and Connors, those guys just ownership soakers every week. And Xander too. Xander, I, this is it's so odd because obviously Xander doesn't have the major yet, but don't you just view Xander as like better than Morikawa? Like I, I feel like Xander is like a more refined and better off the tee version of Morikawa. He's definitely better off the tee. He's been substantially worse at approach. Um, yeah. But I always like, he's kind of been like the cheaper version of Rom, right? Where he's knocking on the door a bunch, but he's never actually getting it done. And um, you compare that to, yeah, like Morikawa, who's obviously won a major and, you know, won last year at other events. And, um, the markets seem to price in the actual ability to close uh, to like a more substantial degree than the projections do. Um, I was probably most interested in Hideki Matsuyama. Like once you got past like the top end players, just because uh, Matsuyama is actually like, I was wondering, you know, he, after winning the masters, he went um, back home and he took some time off, but he came back and at the PGA championship, he played just as well to green as he did at Augusta. And so I think that's really promising on a course like this. That seems like a perfect course for Hideki to contend at. Yeah. Um, I just, I won't, I, I can't do it with Connors. I know it's like a, it's probably a good course fit, whatever, but like, I don't know. Now he's getting expensive. He's expensive and he's chalky. And there are like, for example, you know, just Scheffler versus Connors. Like I'd rather take the ownership discount with Scheffler. Yeah. I'm, you know, I think that Connors ownership is not going to get out of hand. Cause like you said, there's a bunch of names that people are looking to roster, but I tend to agree. Like if we're looking at someone who can win the event, like I would just take Hideki over Connors, even though the data golf work prefers Connors slightly. Yeah. Um, okay. Next range of guys, this noted sun runner, Sam Burns, Neiman. How about, how about this value projection on Matthew Fitzpatrick, the, the number one value or number two value for data golf this week. I mean, feel, feels like probably a spot. You got to jam. I don't know. Like this is, this is our yeah. wheelhouse right here. Matthew Fitzpatrick, 7% projections like him. Yeah. Uh, this also feels like, uh, this feels like a pyramid pay in week where, where it's a super strong field. It, 15% it, it, Usti. Yeah. 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 It just, it just feels like, uh, you know, Friday morning, his back gets tight and he's, uh, he said, <laughs> he's heading back. He's heading back to like Europe to go watch some of the, you know, go watch some of the soccer or something like it just, it just really doesn't feel like, uh, this is a, I, this is a pay. I will say it definitely him. feels bad. Like when you're like, when the price up Usti is 15%, it definitely, it feels bad. It feels like something's coming. Yeah. I, I mean, Ustazen is like, he's literally the prototypical. You just jam him and live with the results when he's 6% and you just let, you let other people reap the rewards. If he's gonna, if he's gonna get there at uh, at 15%, Charlie Hoffman literally, I mean, just continues to be really really good and i just i cannot get i cannot well, get it out of my head that he was so bad for so long yeah i mean probably the hardest thing this year in the area that like ownership's got a bit more efficient and it's always like a battle versus like leverage versus just looking at 
so like the projections will spit out two guys and it's like okay these guys are both 35 percent to t20 one of them's eight percent owned one of them's 16 percent but the guy who's 16 percent has just been striping it for like six straight weeks and the other guy has been all over the place and that's what's happening with like charlie hoffman and man there's some really high quality players this week so i do think it's easier to get off of him than it would be otherwise um especially because you can go with like a bit more of a expensive build and then round out in the 7k range but yeah like charlie hoffman is going to be too popular than like whatever leverage algo i have says he should be but he's just insane with Corey connors but they're just like clinical every single week gaining strokes and approach and that's what you're looking for so it's frustrating yeah uh billy whatever you know i i'm i will probably play billy in single entry just because he's a data and like I, billy in a weird way like i feel like everyone else tilts him i don't ever remember him not coming through for me like i feel like i just have picked my spots with him really well <laughs> uh a guy a guy who's not entering my mix rick richard fowler it's it's well how is he here i guess it's an invitational right and he got he got invited to be on tv and he'll uh you know part of the club <laughs> yeah man he is he is egregious uh Keegan, I guess Keegan's form recently has been, has been unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and what it, it was, this was two weeks ago. Um, yeah. The PGA championship. And I was just like, there's no way I can play like chalk Keegan and obviously just like absolute smash. Yeah. Um, I, I still can't do it though. No. Like, no. What, what about, what about Woodland? I mean, rounding into like a little, I guess he's projecting as mega chalky, which I'm not interested in, but if Woodland was like 10% here, I, I would be interested. <laughs> I know, man. It's so it's like that same thing, right? Like Woodland, he's like projected like three points ahead of Adam Scott, um, but like four times as popular. And then you're like, okay, well, let's see how these guys have been playing lately. And Adam Scott has just been a disaster and Woodland is like gained strokes on approach and like his last three events off the tee and two of his last three. So he does seem like he's hitting the ball better. You know, we have like a, a two to five year track record with Woodland being a good ball striker. So it's, it's easier to buy back into the fact that it's actually an improvement versus just a run of good form. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like Woodland. I mean, it's not a course for Bubba to me. Um, nope. just he's way too, off the tee centric and i don't think that's gonna work as well here yeah uh not interested in a 17 percent owned emiliano grio am am a little bit interested in uh i never say this dude's name right bezin bezin wheat yeah bezin wheat what uh just a no noted euro south african grinder uh, profiles pretty well here uh this streelman projection like what, what he 19% owned? Like what, I, what is going on? <laughs> I've been playing Streelman for a bit. Um, so I think, I mean, you're seeing a bunch of different things, right? You're seeing data golf, obviously impacting the market a little bit with their projections. You've also got Streelman, like it is a shorter course that favors accuracy over distance that benefits Streelman. Um, and then just like game logs, right? Like top 20 last week, top 10 of the PGA championship. Um, he's done well at courses that don't suit him and he's kind of made the cut at courses that do, but um, yeah, that, that one seems like it's early in the week. Like that probably settles closer to like 14% or 12%, but you're definitely not going to get Streelman at like 5% this week. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's fair. Uh, I, I continue to remain a little bit interested in Kucher, especially, I mean, he had, he had another decent, decent showing last week. So 
I don't know. Like it just Kucher and the Invitationals have the sweet prize pools too. So you know, you know he's uh, you know he's in. I mean, if he wakes up t thirty two on Sunday, you know he's going to be walking in those uh, those twelve footers for for the paycheck. Patton because <laughs> Patton Kazire, a guy who I literally thought was like going to be off the tour, is starting to string together. I, some I pretty told good you results. this happened last week, right? Like his putter right. has been absurd. Um, yeah, it's been crazy. It's yeah, it's been absolutely absurd. So I think uh, we can finally play Doug Gim. I think Gim is now at an ownership projection where I where I played I him last it. week. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was a good result for Doug Gim last week. 7200 um definitely think I can go back to Doug Gim there and he, he's a good ball striker. It is definitely a course that has benefited ball strikers in the past. His short game is for sure taking time bomb. If he gets like trendy then that's the guy that we have to be prepared to pivot off of, but at least early in this, the week, it, does, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. All right, sentence I've never said before. I'm re- I'm just ready to jam Brandon Todd. Like whenever whenever he's uh, whenever Data Golf is in on him for course fit purposes, and he's like six percent. I feel like Data Golf. This is completely anecdotal. I feel like they have a great hit rate on Brandon Todd. Like I feel like they know when he's going to be good. <laughs> So I played Brendan Todd last week also with Streelman because I'm like the same as you. It's just like, oh, if it's a good course for Kevin Streelman. Like it's probably a good course for Brendan Todd and Adam Hadwin and whatnot. Um, Todd has definitely been entirely putting driven, which is a little bit different. Streelman has been hitting the ball a bit better. I think Todd's only gained strokes on approach two times this year. So um I don't know if, I mean, the values there, the ownership is low. It seems like a pretty good play, but I think that's, um, I, I do think I prefer Doug Gim between those two guys. Yeah. A uh, couple, couple puntish dudes here. Uh, I, I, I think that uh, Lanto Griffin sub seven K sub 5% ownership. Like pretty much you can, you can just play him regardless of, of course fit or anything like that. Adam Hadwin 6,700 feels like uh, he's, he's been stringing, some some decentness results together and you know not not long enough to like completely disqualify him but there's not uh there's not anyone down here that uh that our friends at data golf are like absolutely slamming which is a little bit bizarre it from a large context but would make sense in the context of this event because the top of the field is so strong yeah what do you what do you think about luke list this week i mean it's just like is this the best course fit in the world for him no the weird thing about list though is he actually does a little bit better at these events that are really difficult because his distance is a huge benefit to him there because his his bad shots are going to leave him with easier second shot like if Fitzpatrick loses one in the rough here and they really do play at penal like you're just putting a bogey on the card for him like it's just too hard for him you know to get his ball up out of there but you know list list actually has been like a hard course guy so i i don't know i mean maybe i think it feels like i always play him yeah and i would just say in general whenever courses play tough like td green play drives more of a the deviation in scoring and whenever courses play easy the putter does so putter yeah i think that that kind of checks with the narrative um yeah i was i was thinking like hadwin decent showing last week on the leaderboard early in the week decent course setup for him 6,700. He was initially the cheapest guy on my radar for a single entry. Um, but Kyle Stanley's 6,100. 
and he's going to wow. be very popular right. this yeah. week. But it's an invitational him, event. A lot of the field makes the cut, and I don't know. I, I feel like it's not tout bingo unless we talk about Kyle Stanley. Yeah, I mean, I, I love this new theory of just getting to play all the guys who suck at putting at courses where it's hard. That's like, that's, that's, uh, that's like a, that's a, a, an amazing motto for PGA DFS is like any, any course where like minus nine can get it done, just play the dudes who can't putt because it's a lot easier to make, you know, eight, eight good putts over the course of weekend instead of 20. Yeah. He, he's gained strokes to degree in five of his last six events, um, including strokes and approach in the majority of those events as well. Putting definitely won't be there, but for like 6,100, it's not like he's dramatically worse than a lot of guys a thousand more. It's just like, he's going to be very popular this week. And I think it's not too dissimilar from like the Vince Whaley play from last week, which I was not on. um, I didn't even know this was happening. I saw, I saw a big T and empire talking about how he was chalk. And I was like, how did, because if if data golf doesn't have some dude predicted as chalk, I'm not going to know. My, my model initially had him like projected at like 15% owned. And I was just like, there's just no way, like, there's no way this guy. And so I like manually adjusted it down to like six or 7%, but sure enough. Yeah. trust the model so stanley uh, i think is the cheapest like you're building a single entry like you can definitely play stanley play two guys in the 7k range and you've got a lot of flexibility to work with yeah all right uh bets this week i mean this is the these are like the hardest events to bet um because there are so many dudes who are great that they suck all the win equity out but all the guys who are sucking the win equity out are are not priced very well <laughs> so like the guys the guys you're i mean there's tons of theoretical EV to have, but they're not guys you want to bet. They're not guys you ever think are going to win. Like it's like, oh, you're getting uh, you're getting 20 cents on Brendan Todd. You're getting 18 cents on Michael Thompson. But what I mean, what like are the are you ever let like is Michael Thompson ever winning the Memorial? No, I mean he could be like he's just not winning the Memorial. You know, it's not right. happening. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, Doug Gim looks like a, you're like there's just yeah. no way he's beating the, the, the this one, quality the, of field. Yeah, Especially the one guy, the one guy who Data Golf does like is Connors, but I feel that their baseline on Connors is a little bit too aggressive. So it's like, and I, I don't know. I mean, what, 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 what do I know about golf betting? You know, what so do I, I know? I like Fitzpatrick. There. Yeah, fit, obviously, I'm betting. I might, I might just make one bet and just bet Fitzpatrick this week, just so I, I have something, uh, to, to sweat. I, hopefully yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, and some of those longer shots, like a lot of times there's alignment between the top 20 prices and the outright prices. So like, I definitely feel that like Doug Gim can top 20, a difficult event that rewards good tee to green play more so than, than winning. Um, so I, I would look there for like the, the longer shot odds and the guys who pop in outrights like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I just, I like literally, I'm the worst one and done player in the world. So I just, it's like, what's the point? It's like, this is the most more, like, I'm just getting demoralized by like my results and one and done this year. It's like, what, what is the point? I, I would say this is a fantastic event to use one of the studs that you have not used yet. Whoever you don't want to use of the majors. Cause obviously loads of people have burnt through the majors, right? We've, we've, we've had two majors and there is like an even distribution of guys to choose between Rom, Morikawa, Xander, JT, Bryson, Rory, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So whoever you pick this week, you, I don't think you would have to feel 
super strongly about like, oh, I'm buying into the chalk spot for them here. Yeah. Yeah. I've got um, Rory, JT, and Bryson left as my guys. And oh, you got to do I don't think do I can Rory. use them this week. Like, I mean, I, I feel like I, I want them for majors and WGCs and FedEx stuff. And definitely can't burn Bryson on a course fit this bad. Like, I need to wait for something better. Like, you US use Open. Bryson at the US Open. Yeah. yeah. So I actually clicked in Usti for my one. Oh man. Oh man. (laughs) Sounds like torture. Yeah. It does sound like torture, but I've used so much. Like I think Morikawa is the best. Like if you're in a good position, I think he's a great play. Um, Yeah. A great fit. A guy that is a really good player, but not a top player. Um, Like a top five guy that you need to save for the majors. I think that Patrick Cantlay would kind of fall in that same bucket. Hideki, but like I've burned all those guys. So I, so Usti for me. Yeah. All right, everyone, dailyroto.com. Get all your golf optimization, access to projections, all the tools. We, uh, we got you covered, and uh, we will be back next week.